Blog Talk Radio. How's it going out there, Giardro Show fans? This is Brian, and Brian is also on the line. And uh, we've got a special show for you tonight, Biggest Pet Peeves, your biggest pet peeves in sports, whether it's the actual sporting event or your pet peeves with sports fans in general. Uh, we're going to be tackling it, all of it. We've got quite a few. And, uh, Brian, I know you've got a few as well, bud. I know you're excited for this show just like I am. Oh, hell, yes, yes, sir. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, it, it, this, this one should be a really – I'm very intrigued by this dynamic, especially because typically, you know, you're very, very positive, and I love that about you, and I'm not always as positive. <laughs> so especially when it comes to our pet peeves, I think it should be very interesting to see sort of where we go with this and, and how strongly we feel. So, um you know, I, I, I imagine if you're listening to this, you know the phone number. But just in case, we'll give it to you. And if you're listening to this in the future, write the number down and uh, subscribe to the Steel Conversation. And that will give you an opportunity to – I actually just – I subscribed and I got an email reminder saying, hey, the show's starting. So it reminds me I need to be here. So that's good. Um, but the phone number is 619-924-9828. That is 619 619- Nine two four nine eight two eight. So if you want to call in, uh, share your pet, your sports pet peeves, sports fan pet peeves, we can do that. So uh, we always do start our show though um, with a little bit of love it or hate it, thinking about something we love that's going on in sports, something we hate that's going on in sports. So you want to uh, you want to kick us off and uh, start off, of course, love trumps hate. Start off with the love and uh, and go from there. I know you want to talk about the. Columbus Blue Jackets and the fine season they've had. Well, I'm not talking about the Penguins because they they they're down uh, five nothing right now. But uh, <laughs> I am uh, on a more positive note. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's generic. I just want to congratulate the Blue Jackets on a great season they've had. I've enjoyed the ride. I think I'm seven one and seeing games in person. I was zero six last year, so needless to say, uh, much happier this year. Who knows what's going to happen the rest of the way? There's there's less than two weeks left in the regular season. They're still in the hunt for the President's Trophy. Uh, and, and it looks like they are going to jump ahead of Pittsburgh right here for the second seed with two weeks left. So that's my love it. Love, uh, you know, what the Blue Jackets have done so far. And uh, from here on out, regardless of what happens, it's been a phenomenal season. It's been fun to be a part of the ride. All right. Okay. Um, so for me, trying to do a couple different things at once here. But for me, I, I got to say, I love – so we're kind of a twisted love it, but I love, Brian, I love the fact that there the, – the conventional wisdom right now is that the Cavs are screwed. I mean, I'm seeing people saying the Cavs aren't going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, and people telling me I just get my, my Chief Wahoo tattoo right now, which is what happens if the Cavs don't make the NBA Finals. And I love it. Because this is, this is what we thrive on. This is what Cleveland's all about. We're always the underdogs. We're always disrespected. And, look, there's definite reasons to be concerned. That's fair. The defense has been atrocious, and it's getting worse. And that's all well and good. But I'm sorry. I watched a team defeat the greatest regular season team in NBA history last season. It's basically the same team, actually a better, deeper team, really, if you want to think about it. And all of a sudden I'm being told now that it, uh, it's over. I mean, come on. This is meaningless time right now. The Cavs have been pretty bored most of the season. They're the type of team, and, and every champion, it's hard when you win a championship, there's that sort of championship hangover. I mean, it must have been really weird for J.R. Smith 
once he put on a shirt and like life started for him again. And, and, and all kidding aside, he's had a very tough year personally with his young baby that is, thank you, God, starting to breathe on her own, which is tremendous. She was born uh, several months premature. I'm not sure how many, but several months premature. We've had injuries, Kevin Love. Um, it, it's been a tough year. It's going to take some time. What really matters is, is that the Cavs, you know, get some continuity and maybe last couple games of the regular season and do what they need to do in the first round. They were not the type of team that you felt great about winning a championship at this time last year, even when the Pistons series started. You didn't feel that way. But let's let the greatest player on earth, maybe when it's all said and done, the best player to ever play basketball. And, oh, by the way, the most clutch player on the team, Kyrie Irving, let's let them do their thing, and let's see what happens. I feel pretty good. I'm not planning on getting a tattoo. Just not. Not worried about it. So, Mr. Diardo. We have a caller. Uh, we do have a caller, so I want to get to that quick, and then I want to get your uh, – your hate it. Actually, let's just take it live right now on the show. Biggest sports pet peeve. If you want to call on the show? Uh, guest we'll call do it live. Six one nine. Yeah, six one nine nine two four nine eight two eight. This is from the four four zero, so it looks like a Cleveland area code. Please let us know your name yes, too sir. when you call in and uh, your biggest pet peeve. So, who do we have tonight on our first call in? Oh, hello. How's it going? Can you hear us? Good. This You're is on the the Rick air, Gallagher. Oh and, yeah. Um, my pet peeve is. How can Brian Rosen be on a station that talks about the Steelers? <laughs> what's, I like what's it. I like it. Are, are you going to be a Michigan Wolverine guy too? <laughs> hey, come on now. Never, ever. Um, <laughs> never would do that. First of all, my co-host here is, is the Steelers guy. That's number one. Number two, um, even though I'm not sure there's even actually a professional football team in Cleveland, I, you know, Not, no, I just let, gave let, up my let, season of tickets. Yeah, well, good. That, you should have After done that 17 20 years, years ago. Well, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that, but but that's yeah. that's that's the right decision. Um, yeah, here, do you have any here's other, why I like the Steelers, others? because they sure. draft Ohio State players when they're in their prime. That's true. And then we get them after they're beat up and half dead. And And they fall apart. Ryan Shazier, very true, uh, unbelievable. And if if Cleveland ever drafted people from Ohio State, they would put five or ten thousand people in the seats just to watch them. Well, well, you know the Steelers I, did want Terrell for Pryor. The best player. Yeah, the Steelers did want Terrell Pryor uh, after you know this past off season. What's your thoughts on him? Upset that he left, or are you okay that they didn't spend that money on Pryor? Well, they offered him a good buck, and he, he walked. You know, he had one good year as a receiver, mm. and that this you know the the jury's still out on that. So you, you don't know. Uh, well, there's no, so, I agree. We, I mean, there's so many holes. Twenty-eight, in, twenty-eight in years the old, Browns. and uh, one good year, right? The the beauty of the Browns is they at least have a offensive line now that's respectful. Uh, better than all last year. So now maybe we can get a quarterback that won't get his head knocked in uh, after the first play. So uh, that's big. Yeah. We've well, got one more call. And, 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 so before you take off, what what's your biggest pet peeve about Steeler fans, or are they your biggest uh, the biggest fan base you like? No, I'm only kidding. What, what I, married a girl, I married a girl <laughs> from Pittsburgh. 
If, there, and, he says, uh, you know, you know the way to go. Wait, well, hey, thank, thank you for your call. We've got another call right now, so we're going to move along. Okay, buddy. Thank you though appreciate for our inaugural call. We, we appreciate that. Let's get the next caller in. And again, just let us know uh, where you're from. Again, the call in is six one nine nine two four nine eight two eight. The Ardrow Show. Biggest pet peeves. Who do we have now on the show? And what's your biggest pet peeve? The Ardrow. Jeremy Diamond calling from the great windy city in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. All right. And and this is something for people that you know that go back with us a few years. I, I'm very excited. I asked. The JD, the great JD, my my former co-host on our college radio show, Rosen's Rumblings, featuring the JD. Great guy, great personality. Uh, Bruce Drennan told him he told him he loves him. Uh, he's probably told a lot of people he loves him, but that that did in fact happen. Um, so, all right, it, 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 it's all you. What you got a pet peeve, or, or you know, we used to have a big old little lamb segment. So you go any direction you want, sir. Well, you know, I, I plan ahead for the big old little M, and it kind of it, it, the theme is pet peeve, so I'm going to stay in that realm. And uh, I want to first give a big O to uh, Major League Baseball for uh, I like the new change of the uh, intentional walk, like your recreational softball league. They can just put the guy <laughs> on first, and we can we can we can finally get rid of this silly nonsense of throwing four balls and just put the guy on first. So I think that's a that's a welcome change to the rule. Big O Major League Baseball. Little M. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, that's a good M. one. Major League Baseball. <laughs> because of this Facasta rule that they want to put guys on first and not go through with the intentional walk. And here's why. They want to shorten the games. <laughs> This is literally like one hundredth of one percent of the total game. This is not going to do a thing. This is like how how many intentional walks are there in game? There are probably not. It's not even by game in in Major League Baseball during a week. I'm just guessing, but what does it matter if I'm wrong by a little bit or a lot of it? There's probably let's say no more than 10 to 15 intentional walks total between all the games in a week, I would say. And how many, yeah. So like, I, I'm not, I'm not rain, man. I don't know how many games are being played in a week, but it's ridiculous. This is not going to make hardly a dent in, in uh, their goal of shortening the game. So uh, no, big O, great idea. Let's cut down on the bullshit nonsense. Sorry, but at the end of at the end of the day, it's not going to do anything. It's 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 not substantial. It's not enough. They need to go more if they really want to shorten the games. Yeah. So there I, you go. I mean, and and for for you know, and I think you're you know, I know you. So you're in, I think, kind of the same boat as me, where I don't think you necessarily care too much if they shorten the game. Am, am I correct in that? Like for you, it's not gonna, uh, it's not like you're, you like baseball. If I'm wrong, tell me. I don't want to assume anything. No, I, li- I like baseball, but I-, I do think there are things that they could do to, to make a significant change to- in-, in an effort to shorten the game to uh, address our shortening attention spans. I think, uh, you know, I think we could do every three innings, there could be a commercial. So the first three innings, no breaks. You don't need to warm up. The pitcher's warm. We- do-, do, these- do the major leaguers really need to field 
ground balls thrown by the first baseman to get loose. I don't think we need that. So at the third inning, take a break. Sixth inning, take a break. And then you got two commercial breaks for the game. And that'll, that'll make a more significant impact than uh, 30 seconds of intentional walks. Yes. Well, and, and, and that's very true. And, 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 Brian, I want to get your, your take on this. I think, unfortunately, and, and I know you know this, it's something that's just, it's a non-starter simply for the fact that there's bills to pay and there's just no way. Uh, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Even if it was five pitches, if you didn't go to commercial and they got five, six, seven, whatever, a couple of pitches to get ready. Um, But baseball ultimately, and Brian, you tell me if you disagree, baseball and all sports are not going to do anything that's going to stop money out of their pockets. And these, the cable networks will freak out and pay all this money for the rights to not have the opportunity to get paid themselves. Well, football is going to get rid of one commercial this year. They've said that, as, as everybody that watches football knows. You know, there, there's the touchdown commercial, kickoff, and then another commercial, which you don't need. You don't need it. So, the NFL, but, but you know they're going to get recouped for their money. So, uh, you know, I, I think baseball will do whatever they can to get fans back, but they're also not going to compromise the buck as, as we presently stand. So, you know, I agree with both of you guys. But, you know, kind of what Jeremy was saying about that, what he said with the intentional walk, how much time is that really going to save? Um, I think the biggest thing is how much time between pitches. That's my biggest thing. And batters. Because it, it's not always the pitchers that delay the pitches. So, that to me is kind of like the biggest thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, baseball's been, what, a three-hour game if it goes nine innings, you know, give or take for forever. That's on par with the NBA. NBA might be a little shorter. You know, hockey might be a little shorter. You know, but overall, I mean, baseball's had a steady flow of fans, steady flow of revenue for a long time. And I think for the baseball purists, why change anything, really? I don't think baseball needed to change anything. It's like they're changing for the sake of changing because other people are. You know, instant replay, that was fine. And that's already changed the game from the regard that you're never going to see umpire, you know, uh, uh, managers kicking the dirt anymore and having those iconic yells because now everything's challenged and there's the booth in New York, so now are the offices there, so now – you know, they kind of take the calls away from the umpires. So they've already taken away that, that, that classic iconic thing. So I don't know. And I, 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 I Jeremy, now you're from, I got to ask you this, you're from Chicago. Do you have any pet peeves with Cubs fans or are you okay with, with, with their fan base? Uh, you know, I can only tell you this. After game seven, um, uh, I took it over back to my apartment building and, of course, I was wearing my Indians gear. And the game hadn't been over for more than 15, 20 minutes. And I'm walking in the lobby. And these drunkards from Chicago say, you know, ha-ha, Indians lost, you suck. And it's like, all right, like, how about a little uh, you win with class, you know? It took a cheap shot right in the, right in the, right in the heat of the moment. And it, 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 it was hurtful. It was hurtful. And that and that fan base should know more than anybody. All the losses they've gone through. I mean, yeah, that'd be like if there are any Marlin fans that exist, one of them you know, ribbing them after they blew the NLS with a three to one lead and all that stuff in the Bartman year. So, yeah, that, that that's not classy, you know. But uh, I guess that's I how can tell it you is. That. On, on a parting note, what's that, Jeremy? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, I know I know. I see a Cleveland area code, too, man, and you know I'm a Steeler fan. You got anything to say to me from, from that regard, or are you okay with Steeler fans? Do you have any pet peeves with, with, with that fan base, or are you good with us? And if you are good with us, what fan base do you really not like? 
Um, you know, I don't really have it, – it's, it's tough in my generation as a Browns fan to really kind of have uh, a strong difference. It's just like the, the Steelers-Brown rivalry is, is not what it used to be. It's kind of lost uh, some of its luster over the year. Um, you know, Michigan I – could, I could take the easy route and, and say Michigan, as, as you know, we all have the Ohio State connection here. But uh, I remember from my time at Ohio State that Cincinnati Bengals fans were the absolute worst. They were just awful. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it was like, it was like <laughs> I would argue that Browns-Bengals is a bigger rivalry than, than uh, Browns-Steelers, just, just on, on, on that alone. And, and I, uh, if there's, if, if, I'm happy to give up the Bengals fans if that means I've got to deal with uh, Bears and Cubs fans. I can, I, that I can handle. <laughs> and that speaks to what happens when you live, when you go to school, when you live and spend any time in Columbus, Ohio, as, as Jeremy did, um, not just, you know, not just in college, but, you know, but after the fact, too, that's what happens. There's a, a great, it, it, it's fun. It's a fun rivalry. Cincinnati and Cleveland has a rivalry in Columbus. Growing up in Cleveland, and I would like to think growing up in northern Kentucky as well, where Cincinnati is located, um, I don't think people really care either way about each other. It's just like whatever. I mean, the Bengals were, were horrible. The Browns were horrible, uh, still horrible. So it was kind of like, you know, it, it was a rivalry to an extent because in the NFL when you're playing the same three teams twice a year, there's, you always feel like every team in your division is kind of a rival. But I think that that's right. something that you feel it in Columbus. I think if you were to talk to old old you know, old school, you know, Browns fans, and a lot of Browns fans that maybe didn't spend time in Columbus, they would say, well, that's ridiculous. It, of course, to the Steelers. Um, but by the same token, from the Steelers' perspective, it's the Ravens. It's not even close because of the competition, the quality of talent that's there. So, uh, Jeremy, before we let you go, any, uh, any other final pet peeves you, you got or anything else you want to add here on the Yard Row show? Well, this might be controversial in this circle and, and amongst uh... – the, the throngs like of fans it. that are listening, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stance here, and, and I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say the OH. I'm not a big fan of the OH. Oh, I hate the OH. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's awesome. You I, I, that. I had a feeling. It's one of my I biggest sports on the same page. Yes, yes. Ugh, Here's, it's but I, if it's you're awful. gonna do it, if you're gonna do it in the stadium, I don't mind like in the stadium yes. like one or two, but like when you're uh, you know outside when you're not like near the shoe or you're over the age of like 26, you need to just drop it. Yeah, I agree. I will say this. Brian, I'm on the odds on this. I don't love the OH. I don't. But I'm not. I'm not against it. That's, I forgot. And I forgot that. Uh, I forgot that you were. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, thanks again, buddy. And uh, hey, hopefully you'll be on the other end of, of the bragging rights uh, in Chicago this fall, man. Thanks again, bud. You got it. Have a good show, guys. Thanks, Jeremy. I uh, Ryan, love I you, Jeremy. I think that's the first thing we got to tackle, man. I forgot about the OH. That's funny. I, I, you know, why do you not like it so much? I, I don't really go. I don't. I don't feel either way about it, to be honest with you. But what, what is it about the? Well, like? so, so, let me say this. I will say I've, I evolved. It's definitely the wrong word, but we'll, what the hell? We'll go with evolved on this issue from this standpoint. I've never lived outside of Ohio until now. I've been here. Been about seven months living in Denver. And I'm the guy who, like, it's hilarious, but I didn't necessarily mean to do it. But, like, 
when I'm wearing shirts, like I'm wearing a shirt and a sweatshirt, it's, you know, a Cavs shirt and a Cavs sweatshirt. Everything I wear is pretty much Cleveland. So if I see a Buckeye fan here, and there are a lot of them, I may say OH because I'm dying for that camaraderie. That's something that, that I miss, not being home. But the, the problem with the OH chant is it's just, on campus specifically is where it's just, it's so annoying. Like, it's one thing if you're in another country or another state, I, I'm, I'm more accepting of it. But you walk around High Street at night in the night hours. You know, for me, it was I was coming back from the library because why would I ever do any partying or anything? Um, you're, you're, right. you're just a, it's a tons of drunk people, especially freshmen, who are just, oh, wait, you wait. And it's like, and then they get mad at you if you don't respond with I.O. It becomes like a whole thing. So I get the whole spirit thing. Ultimately, my go-to is not to say, I see a Buckeye fan, I, I like to say go Bucks. That's my hope. And it's funny because I don't often get a response. If I do say, oh, wait, I get a response. But in the stadium, great. Outside of Ohio, I don't have as much of a problem with it. But, man, on that campus, it's just like, get out of here. You know, I do not need that. So um, I saw, and I want you to introduce it, but you posted on your Facebook page, what are pet peeves, you know, asking the question, as we've asked. And I would love to have you read and get your reaction, and I definitely want to react to a very interesting comment I saw on your Facebook page. This is another one that I, I – one of my best friends, Justin Quattro, he always says this. It, it, it might be his number one pet peeve in sports. Well, he's got a few. Fans saying – this is Brendan Melchiori. Fans saying we, when referencing what their favorite team needs. You, you could have it, man, because honestly, again, I'm kind of like – both ends of the fence here, and I've been guilty of doing this. So, uh, what do you got on this one? So, I I understand that you know where he's coming from with this, and I respect that. And he, here's the reality, um, especially when you live in the city. Um, most teams, you're actually, especially for those who are living in the city, you're actually paying money in taxes for renovations. And I'm sorry, it is Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland Browns. I am all about liking all of your teams, being loyal to your teams and not just liking the Browns, which I have a big issue with people from, you know, who I call just Browns fans. And they're not – some of them are in my generation. A lot of them aren't, honestly. Most are not in my generation, but, but it drives me nuts. Point being, we invest in these teams. We support these teams. Without us, there is no team. So – yeah, I'm going to say we. I have no regrets saying we. And because who, what the, what the hell, what is sports without the fans? There would be no sports. So I get it. I, I, I understand the opinion, but I'm sorry. I'm always going to say we. I, I invest and care about and love the Cleveland teams in a way that even these players, they may grow to love it, but a lot of them, they're getting paid. I'm not getting paid. I'm paying money. I'm investing my money. So I can say what I want. I can think what I want. And ultimately, yeah, I own it. I care a lot about these teams. So I'm definitely cool with saying we. I think that's absolutely – there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's my Well, no, I'm with you. And, and honestly, you know, when I think about it, it's more like we. It's kind of like talking about the community. It's like the fans. And, I mean, the player – I mean, the organization always says it too. You know, we're in this together. You know, the, whether, whether they believe it or not, they always say it's the coaches, it's the players, it's the fans. Um, and so when they say that, yeah, you're, you're, you're part of that community. What do we need to do this year? We need to get better at blocking. We need to get better at this or that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that regard. And I've never, 
I actually kind of think it's it's snooty when people correct you and say, "We are you the general manager? Are you the coach?" Like get get real, you know, like like don't take yourself so seriously. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like people are just waiting for you to say that so they can trip you up, you know. And I I agree with you. I it's funny because I thought you were going to say you don't like when people say that. You're actually with me on this end, which is and and I like Brandon a lot. So sorry, we're both I guess disagreeing with you. We are disagreeing with you here. We have no problem with it. We actually don't like when people call us out uh, for saying we, it, you know. But uh, so I'm with you on that. If you actually want to call into the show, we've had two great calls so far. 619-924-9828 is the number. It's not a typo. Our studio is, is made in California. 619-924-9828. So I have a couple that I was going to delve into, Brian, and, and we'll kind of share ours we've made before the show. And this is one uh, from one of my friends, and we actually talked about in our group chat today what makes, uh, for my friends back home, what, what makes a good sports fan. And my one friend said, you know, that he went on this big spiel, it's the same friend, Brian, that once told me he doesn't watch the Cavaliers until the playoffs start. So that's where I'm going to start with, with my pet peeves is the I only watch once the playoffs start fan. That guy. That guy that when you say, man, did, did you see, you know, they beat the Spurs on Tuesday. Oh, um, you know, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't watch until till the playoffs. I, I, I don't like those fans. Uh, those fans drive me crazy because, you know, you to me, I feel guilty if that team won a championship and you literally just watched their playoff run. You know, that that's pretty much, you know, and, and with the Cavs, I mean, Lord, I mean, they swept their first two rounds last year. I mean, that's that's what, maybe 25 games you're going to watch the entire year out of out of 100-plus games? So, you know, Brian, I mean, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. They, I only watch in the playoffs, fan. I, I can't stand those fans. Yeah, I, and, and I'm with you. I do have. It's funny because we're talking about pet peeves. I don't mean to call you out, but I have to on one thing. So, oh man, th- this is a this is this is a life language pet peeve, and you just completely understand why you made the mistake. So I'm gonna educate some people here. All right, you said spiel, and that's cool. I hear spiel a lot. It's spiel. All right. So on behalf of the Jewish people, Word. just so you know, from now on, when you say it's not spiel, it's spiel. I couldn't help it. I, ha- I had to go there. But, yeah, you know, look, ultimately, you, 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 I, I do respect the fact that people can support as much or as little as they want, and that's fine. There's a lot of Fairweather fans out there. Um, I think the biggest thing is this, is, you know, are, are you paying attention? Are you still watching them on TV? Are you still into it? All right? Because when I think about this, what I immediately think of is any friends that are listening, that, that especially my and, they're, and they're, they're not really just Browns fans, but Browns fans are their number one priority. Whereas for me, yes, the Indians are my favorite team, but I could not have been more excited about the Cavs winning a championship. And yes, believe it or not, once the Browns connect with me, because they've never had the opportunity to connect, I didn't have them when I was a kid in my formative years. So I, know, I feel differently about them. But I still watch. When I was in Cleveland, I watched. I'll admit, getting to a bar at 11 in the morning to watch the Browns when they're terrible, it's tough to do, especially with the Buckeyes being there the day before, right? But that doesn't make me not a fan just because I don't show up as much. Ultimately, I look at it as, in that instance, you know, I still follow, I still pay attention, and once they give me a real reason to believe, I'm all in. I will be all in. I will care. I will be excited. I want to see them be successful. They are Cleveland. They're very important to the city. Uh, I may never necessarily have the same connection to them that I do the other two teams. I hope I do, 
But it's got to be organic. You have to be genuinely organic. For the people that went to Browns games as a kid, which I didn't, for the people that grew up just on the Browns, which I didn't, and, and they have more of a connection than I do right now, fine. If that makes you feel good, sit on your high horse and, 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 and say we're going to be great and we're not going to be great and this and that, whatever makes you feel good. But don't knock me for ultimately supporting the Browns, but for, for making fun of them, for getting mad at people for buying tickets because I think you have to teach an organization a lesson and when you fail and you fail and you fail, you know, the definition of insanity, right, is, is, is doing times. You know, the same thing over and over, yep. right? And they're expecting different results. Right. So well, I, I realize we right. digressed into something completely different there. But, but I, I, I think ultimately, you know, getting back to kind of your original question, yeah, for the most part, I, I don't want people to act like – I guess you shouldn't be saying we and being super into it every second if you don't care until the playoffs. That's probably where that distinction should come in of the we versus, you know, whatever. So your your thoughts, Mr. Diardo? Get no, and here. I'm. Dude, I, oh, I can go a few places with this. We actually have a few more comments coming in. It looks like comments are more popular than calls, which again, more than fine with me. If you want to call in, six one nine nine two four nine eight two eight is the number. We've got a couple other comments I'm going to get to from my Facebook page uh, that are pretty good. They're both pretty good, and I've got life experience with with, with both of them actually. But uh, Brian, you know that bothers me that people would give anybody crap for cheering for the you know for supporting the Browns at this point. You know, and and, and Honestly, it bothered me uh, watching the final Steelers-Browns game in the regular season this year, and people, Steelers fans, didn't give the Steelers any credit for winning that game, specifically Landry Jones, who is a starting, you know, as a backup quarterback. If you're a backup quarterback and you can get a win in the NFL, I don't care who it's against, that's, a, that's an accomplishment because of the lack of snaps that you get. Landry Jones didn't get a single snap in his first couple of NFL seasons, and he could finally get a, you know, get a win. It doesn't matter. You know, and, and when you look at the Browns, they played their butts off in that game. They played their butts off in that game. And they took the Steelers to tooth and nail, and the entire Steeler defense started that game. So and I agree with you, man, and, and, and that's shameful. You know, if you're a Browns fan and you don't want to watch or support the team anymore, that's fine. But for you to rib or give crap to, to the actual loyal fans that, that continue to cheer and support the team, shame on you. And you're, you're the worst kind of fan, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, the one other thing you touched on is when, when LeBron came back in 14, I almost got rid of cable that year. And I had to keep my cable because I was going to see the world's greatest basketball player on Fox Sports Ohio a million times a year. I had to do it. And, I, you know, as long as I live, the 2015 Cavs will be my favorite Cavs team ever because that's the team I watched the most. I watched 90% of the regular season games, every playoff game, the whole deal. So many moments that season that I'll never forget. Uh, I remember the first game uh, where they were starting to blow out teams when it started to become normal for them to see that. I remember before that when they had a losing record to start the season, what, 19-20 and after 39 games? This the roller coaster of emotions that a regular season takes you through. Sure, it's taxing. Sure, it's hard to watch all the games, especially baseball. But just totally cut that vein off and cut the cord until the playoffs starts, I'll never understand that. I'll never understand that, Brian. But uh, great, great conversations. Um, Bill Thomas chiming in. He says postponed slash canceled sporting events. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I, I can speak from experience. I went to the New York City Marathon in 2012 to run it. I left the convention center. Uh, my fiance and I were, were at the Disney store on Times Square when a bunch of uh, text messages blew up my phone. 
they canceled the event, and I had to wait a whole another year to run the marathon. So I, I totally understand that. Postponed, canceled events. And then Bill had another comment. High school players, quote, unquote, signing to play sports at Division three, which is, that's kind of a dig. <laughs> I was a Division three athlete. So I don't really like the second part of Bill, of his second pet peeve. But Bill was an SID at a Division three school, so I get, I get where he's coming from. He's but taking, that, yeah. yeah, Division three. Yeah. He's probably joking. Division three schools, you can't get scholarships. <laughs> Uh, well, I, hey, well, that, that hurts me because I—that's one of the greatest moments of my athletic life, signing to run for capital. But <laughs> that is what it is. If Post he is actually being Brian serious, thinks. yeah. No, he's I was say, Brian, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't think so because that's look. Being a college athlete, it doesn't matter what level. That's amazing. Good for you. It is so hard to, and I'm not a college athlete, but I know even when you dedicate some broadcasting for us. You know, uh, you know, a little bit of writing for me, a lot of writing for you. When you're dedicated to anything, it takes a lot of time, and especially being an athlete. So I don't care what level you are, what your ability is. Um, yeah, I, I think you should be honored. Like that's the same reason why I know I have gotten frustrated, and other people can relate this. If you're a big college football fan, you know, Buckeye fan, and you know, especially with inner city schools, uh, where they'll have you know, a designing ceremony and you're sitting there watching on some stream and, and it could be Ohio or it could be California or wherever. And you're watching and you're waiting the entire time because you want to see is the one guy going to commit to Ohio state or not. And you see all these people and it takes forever. And it's like, but you know what? Hey, yeah. At the time it's a little annoying. Cause you, you know, it's a 24 seven news site. When you want something, you want it, you want to get that news. But ultimately, I love that. I love that they're all honored individually. Uh, They're all (laughs) given the same amount of respect. And the idea of a signing day ceremony, to me, I think is is, is a great thing. So as much as it's an annoyance to sports writers who are waiting for it and and going to these schools, as much as it's it's an annoyance to fans, you know, I think definitely uh, it's, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing overall. So, um, what I want to do here, Brian, is, uh, and, and obviously people can still welcome to call if they'd like, uh, 619-924-9828. That's 619-924-9828 here on the Diard Row Show. What I want to do is I want to get into one of my pet peeves and then have you go into one of yours and we can kind of, at least for the time being, go back and forth and talk about some of these that are most important right. because I, I want to get our takes on this as well. So, um Here's one that I am I, I, I have to mention. It's one of my biggest ones, uh, and that is the wave. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I understand that the wave, especially for kids, a fun kind of thing, keeps everyone into it, whatever. I guess the wave annoys me. But I want to say what annoys me more than the wave, I can't stand wave guy. I can't take it. It is so annoying wave guy who – Every game that Wave Guy or Wave Girl goes to, they are the ones getting up and yelling at people, come on, everybody, a one, a two, a three, and getting all into it. And it's just such a distraction from the game. It annoys me. A lot of people might be listening to this and being like, who cares? It's just the Wave, whatever. I'm just telling you it annoys me. But more than that, it, it's that guy that is putting all of their energy and, and getting mad and getting frustrated, like, oh, come on, where are you guys? All right, now, I'm a curmudgeon. I've said that word on the air to describe myself. I'll continue to do so. I'll admit, is it a jerky thing to do? Maybe, but I sit there. When everyone else does a wave, I sit there. The, the whole, there, there could be, you know, 40, it used to be 43,000. I think it's like 35 or 36 now. 
thousand fans in Indians game. And if, if one person's going to be sitting down, it's going to be me. I'm sorry. I just don't like it. But, man, wave guy that is all about that, getting into it, getting, you know, the fans riled up. It's just like, dude, just, you know, especially as a sport like baseball, it's a sport you, you kind of you go, you hang with your friends, you have conversations, whatever. It's not that kind of sport, and it's just annoying. So wave guy, go somewhere else. Get out of Cleveland, go somewhere else. Uh, you drive me nuts. Sorry. All right? Brian, you can feel free to weigh in on the wave if you'd like. Otherwise, uh, give me another one of your big uh, big sports pet peeves. Dude, <laughs> the wave. That's funny to me. That's I'm tr- I was I was trying to think cuz I I'm okay. again, I'm lukewarm with the wave. With the wave and the OH, I I could go either way. I don't like the OH if you're losing the game. If you're losing the game and uh I can understand that because that maybe maybe it's not the, the best environment to do it in. So I guess that's that's where I'll go with with that. Um I've got a few other ones uh as as we both kind of go back and forth. Um here's one I, that I've always kind of uh, not liked. Uh there's a few, man. I'm gonna do do this one though. Every goat conversation, except for Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan is the goat when it comes to basketball. I don't want to debate that, but um, the goat. I mean, especially this year with with the first of all this whole goat thing. When was this? When was this made? What was the origin of the goat? I seriously believe before 2012, and maybe it's not. Maybe it's even more recent than that. I don't remember the goat when I was growing up. I remember even the first time thinking, you know, of the animal, and then I saw the old caps. I'm like, what does that mean? Oh, greatest of all time. That's cute, whoever made that. But um, especially this year with the Super Bowl. Oh, all right, Belichick has five rings. Okay, he's the GOAT. Bree has five Okay, he's the GOAT. And, and it's like, who made this GOAT thing? What is this GOAT thing? I don't, I don't get it. And maybe I've been guilty of saying it before, mostly jokingly. I hate the GOAT thing. I absolutely hate it. To me, it's lazy. It's just your defiant way of making your statement. It's a hot take, which I guess we live in this hot take era where we have to say these, these scorching things and, and get people to be emotional one way or the other. I, I hate the goat thing, Brian. And I, I could literally say that 50 more times, but I'm going to edit myself. I hate the goat. I hate it. <laughs> Again, except for Jordan, and I don't know what your take on that is. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have strong – you know, this is what's fun is it? You know, there's going to be people out there that have strong uh, opinions on some of these. Some of them, they're going to be like, who cares? And there's, you know, it, we're both going to sort of differ. So I don't really have strong opinions. I think what it comes down to more than anything in that instance, though, is you have fans always wanting to believe that, that this person or that person is the greatest or wanting to bring someone down in comparison to someone else. It's, it's Again, there, there's, there's with 24-7 news cycle, there's so much time and there's so little talk about the manufacturer stuff and these type of debates happen. That's why you get idiots like Stephen A. Smith that have a job and, and, and Skip Bayless, you know, that mostly annoy people, but they, you know, they're able to have these opinions and they garner a reaction, positively or negatively. It's just like, you know, uh, I don't know why this comes to mind. It's like, it's sports, like in, in sports entertainment, like in WWE, you know, the whole idea is you want a reaction. Whether it's positive or whether it's negative, you want a reaction. That's the whole goal there. And that's what you get in a lot of these instances. Um, well, speaking of broadcasters, let's go to another pet peeve I have. And that is, to me, if you're a writer, uh, write. Don't be on TV. Don't be on the radio. And it's more like if you have an annoying voice, don't do it. So let me give you an example, a national example. Bill Simmons, 
The guy drives me nuts. I, look, I'll be, I'll, I have to own it. I'm not a fan of the guy. I do respect him, but I'm not a fan of the guy personally. But I definitely think that the dude is just not meant to ever be talking on a radio medium. Right? There's also people, and I have nothing against people that have a lisp, certainly, but it's like there's other career paths you can go. You can uh, have a lisp, but it's hard to you're, understand what you're, you're saying. <laughs> what are you going to do? I know where you're going with this. I know, the, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm, I, 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 there, I'll be honest. I, maybe you think you do. I don't have anyone that has necessarily jumped in my mind in that regard. Okay. Um, it, okay. It's just, it just means that more – I don't know. It, it, you know there's, there's a guy in Cleveland, this guy, Chuck Booms. I, it doesn't matter what the guy said. He just – the voice drove me nuts. So it's just sort of like and, – and ultimately, it's, it's more – it's not even really so much on the person. It's on these networks. You have to be able to know and be cognizant of how is somebody going to be viewed and how is someone going to be, especially when it's within a specific community versus nationally, you know, it might be a little different. So that's, uh, that's my take on that. You know, if you're going to do radio, do TV, fine. Do, you're going to do print, fine. But the idea we have to constantly be getting writers who have no – ability to articulate on the air or really just their voice is so annoying you just can't handle it stick to what you're good at all right that's 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 all i got and if you're annoyed by either of our voices and you're still listening then why are you listening for what reason would you want to do that but you can't be annoyed by our voices we got great voices anyway brian go ahead i got you man well, the other thing with the goat thing too, and this is this is what I love about sports media today. And I guess we're we're kind of like we're making we're creating pet peeves out of our original pet peeve, which I love. This this is great. This is a good organic conversation. But my thing with with and this is I guess another one of my pet peeves. It kind of goes along with the goat when sports fans say something to you, as, or or people in the media, they say an opinion like it's a fact, and that's again outside of Michael Jordan and. Again, I, I, you know, my fiance is a big gymnastics person, so they always say Simone Biles is, is the GOAT, and I've actually seen her in person compete, and she dominated the Olympics this year. So I will, And Michael Phelps, those are like three athletes I will also kind of like throw into that mix. But other than that, you know, the people that, that make uh, opinions in sports a fact, like, well, that was the best Super Bowl ever. Oh, where was it ranked? Who, who made that the thing? Or, you know, Bear Bryant's the greatest coach ever. I mean that that's your opinion, or you know uh, the Packers were the greatest. You know what, whatever it is, and insert anything. Um, it, there's so many rarities in sports where you can. I mean, okay, the best BCS bowl ever. I can get down to two: uh, Ohio State, Miami, Texas, USC. I think that's pretty, you know, undeniable. There weren't that many of them. What twelve or thirteen BCS games? I think, and the biggest upset was OSU Miami. But other than that, there's just there's very few things in sports. You can say an opinion like a fact, and I hate when sports fans and people in the media do that. And, and again, with the whole goat thing, with this whole opinion is a fact thing, uh, it's just funny to me how quickly people in the media and fans bury those opinions when they're wrong. Like, for example, and, and if you've listened to our show, you've heard me and Brian say this on numerous occasions. If Golden State wins last year, LeBron James is still ignored like he was this time a year ago, and we're living in a world where Steph Curry is chasing Michael Jordan. You know, 73-9, and nine, back-to-back championships, two MVP awards, could be going for a third one. That's the world I'd be, we, we, we would be living in. But instead, he lost, 
and now no one talks about Steph Curry anymore. He's a footnote. Nothing. Nick Saban, if they beat Clemson, he's the GOAT. He's up there with Bear Bryant. You, you, you saw it all building. Now no one's talking about him this offseason. And I remember 2013, Gus Melzahn at Auburn, Sports Center doing all these features on the, the mind of Melzahn. That was a feature. <laughs> and that, they lost that game. No one's talking about him. So if there's only if there's one good part of the whole uh, you know saying an, opi- an opinion is a fact and the whole hot take and and all that stuff if there's one thing in the goat there's one good thing is that when it's proven wrong seeing the idiots that said those things have to retract or act like they never said it so that's me wrapping up all of that stuff and I'll throw it back to you for your next one Brian once again too thanks for everybody that that has already commented whether on Facebook or calling in. And if you do want to catch us here, not much time left on the show, maybe about 15 minutes. So if you do want to get us, 619-924-9828. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know what? It's all about It's all about what, what, what you're passionate about. That That's really what, yep. what what's key here. So what I want to do, I want to, you know, get into one that I think this has been a discussion that you could have a whole show about this. And, and I actually – when I worked, when I interned, I should didn't work. I interned because I didn't pay me anything. When I interned at WFAN uh, 66 in New York, the first all-sports radio station, Mike and the Mad Dog, used to have a show. Mike Francesa is there now. That's probably what they're, they're most known for. And now a uh, great show, actually. I'll admit, I hate sports talk, but I actually really enjoy um, Boomer and Carton. I know you're, you're a big Boomer Esiason fan, and he's got a great show mm-hmm. with a guy named Craig Carton uh, that, that's really good. But anyway, when I was there, this was a whole show, and it was really interesting. It's the idea of parents and the way they react to youth sports, okay? Now, this is a topic that is at the forefront right now because of one LeVar Ball, uh, a guy that is – I don't care what, how – honestly, you don't necessarily care how his, his kids feel about this. It's wrong regardless. I mean, the guy is making it about himself. He's the story. Not his son, Lonzo, who's one of the best players in America – but he's the story. And when you make yourself the story, it's pathetic. And you know it's a guy who played college basketball and averaged two points. You know this personality. It's a guy that thought that maybe there were injuries or maybe the guy just has a heightened sense of self and thought he was great. And now he's thinking, I could beat Michael Jordan. I could beat Charles in his prime. I could beat Charles Barkley. Well, dude, you scored two points in college. So no, you could not have beaten Michael Jordan. But more importantly, it's not about him as much as it's the impact on these kids. I was rooting against my bracket and rooting for Kentucky, a team I don't even like, to beat UCLA. And I didn't, didn't watch it because I do not like college basketball. I'm not really into it. But I was legitimately rooting against my, my bracket. I used to catch you in the national championship before I really didn't realize much about LeVar Ball. I would have solely out of spite for him not have done it. But I'm sitting there, I'm rooting against UCLA. And I'm going to root against UCLA as long as there's a ball a you know, son of LeVar Ball, that's there. And it's nothing against the kids. And maybe you can say, well, that's wrong. Why are you rooting against the kids? Because it, 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 you can't make yourself a story. Same thing when you go to a game and you get, you know, a fight among, among not even fans, but like parents. And you got people yelling, arguing with umpires. It's like, dude, let it be about the kids. Let it be about learning. Let it be something that is a positive experience. And when you got these people who want to make it about themselves, like a LeVar Ball, it's wrong. It, it, whether the kids would admit it or not, and I think they're good kids and they're not going to, it's not a positive for them. It just isn't. So I have one more to tie along to that, but I want to get your take first. 
And then uh, just because it, it does sort of tie into a little bit, want to get to one more point. But your thoughts on, uh, you know, coaches – or not, not coaches. I want to get to coaches. But your thoughts on, on parents and, and, you know, especially as it um, has to do with youth, you know, whether college or younger, peewee, whatever it may be. Uh, I mean, I coach on a volunteer basis. Uh, so if I'm going to go way down to that level – um, you know, I'm not going to get too much into it because I still do it. But, you know, coaches that are parents that want it more than, than their athletes sometimes bothers me. Can't will it for your child. You know, it, it has to come from them, come from within. And as coaches, you know, we can't want it more than the athletes. And that, that's kind of my coach's perspective from things with parents. Like sometimes I just, you just want to say to the parents or to certain parents, your, your kid doesn't want it bad enough. Or if they had the heart that you have, they'd be a lot better, but they don't. <laughs> Maybe they need to find something that they're better at or that they have the passion for. That's a lot of it. You know, especially, I know you ran in high school, Brian, and, you know, I ran in high school and college, and, you know, I can I can say that, and I know you know this, you know, the will has to be there. And I think, I think this was actually a quote that you said that your coach said, you know, the will to win is nothing without the will to train. And that's so much true. Um, now, with the LeVar Ball situation, I know you specifically said that. You know, my, dude, you know what's funny, Brian? I'm not saying I'm cool with it, because I don't know if that's the right word, but everybody's giving him the platform. It's almost like he, he's learned in today's day and age how to you know make the most of uh, or how to get that platform, and that's saying these just outrageous things he may not even believe. I honestly think he might just be putting everybody on and not even believing the things he's saying, but, I mean, he was on Colin Coward today. He did the whole ESPN circuit. Um, he's – probably going to make money from that big baller brand stuff that, that, that he's publicly endorsing. Um, and someone made a good point because somebody, you know, Dick Vitale pretty much lashed out at him on social media the other day. And it's funny because it's like, who has gotten money off of kind of being this character more than Dick Vitale? And I, I love Dick Vitale. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for him. I know he does a lot of things, uh, you know, for, for charities and whatnot. I know with the Dickie V Foundation, a lot of respect to him. But Everybody makes money off these kids. He's made a career off of diaper dandies and all that kind of stuff. LeVar Ball is trying to get a piece of the pie, too, and if you're giving him the platform, you're just as guilty. ESPN is just as guilty. He should be lashing out at his network and not LeVar Ball because if, if everybody just ignored him, he'd be nothing. He's not the first parent to probably save things. He's the first one getting this platform. So what does it actually say about society? that he's getting this platform and he's getting away with it. So I guess that's kind of where I'm going with that. And that's a whole other conversation that we could have. We could have an entire show on sports media, how we cover it, everything like that. So, but that's my take on that, Brian. And uh, I'd like to see what what you've got next. I've only got one or two left, man, which actually works well because we're kind of into the fourth quarter of the show now. It's been a lot of fun so far. So I'm excited to see how we end things up here. But uh, what do you got, Brian, for your next one? Yeah, and I mean, we could come back to this next week. We could come back to this in, in the future. There's so much more to do, so this is not necessarily the end. And you know, we'll right, get reactions right, right. Uh, from people on this to see sort of, sort of, sort of, you know, people's opinions. So um, I want to be a little bit careful, I guess, how I phrase this because I want to get, you know, the right point across and, and how I really feel. So sh- talking about sports and, and youth sports as a starting point. The idea that there are, you know, leagues, and I'm not saying for t-ball, okay, but there are lots of leagues out there, you know, even some peewee leagues and things, that they, there's no, like, there's no playoffs, they don't keep score, 
everyone's the same. And I just think that's such a terrible message. You should play, as the great Herman Edwards said, you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Now, how do you win? There's a way you win. You win with class. You lose with class. You shake hands. You say good game at the end of the game. Those are all things that are important. Okay? So I, I'm not suggesting you bend the rules. And In baseball, you spike somebody. Or you, you do a, a, a chop block if you feel like you can get away with it. I'm not suggesting that at all. It's the opposite of what I'm saying. But we should be teaching youth to try their absolute hardest and within the rules to do everything they can to try to win at, at, at all levels. And there's going to be winners, there's going to be losers. And the problem with us making every single person feel like they're a winner every single second, and this is a, a bigger societal issue is, it's not the way the world works when you grow up. Not everybody gets to get a job. This is not a communist society. You don't get, not everyone gets a job. Everyone gets the same opportunities. You should give opportunities, but at the end of the day, it's, it, you have to be realistic with the way life is, is. And if you never learn to lose, first of all, if you never learn how to lose, you're in deep trouble the first time you lose. And when you're losing, it's not a baseball game, a basketball game, a football game, whatever it may be. But you're losing a job, and thus, where am I going to sleep at night? Or, you know, what, whatever the situation may be. You have to learn how to lose. You have to learn how to win. You have to do both with class. And the idea that I'm not saying there shouldn't be a trophy for every member, especially of a, of a, of a rec league, a peewee league, there should be. That's fine. I'm not against the idea of a participation trophy per se, but there should be a little bigger trophy for the champions. And there should, you should definitely be keeping score. Teach young people at a young age, the enjoyment, the fun of winning, but also how does it feel to lose and to come back from that? Because that's life. How you overcome adversity defines you as a person, and every single person in this world, even Tom Brady, who has like the perfect life from the male perspective, they have issues, right? Your, your, your thoughts. And I know, you know, coaching, whatever you feel uncomfortable, you know, if you don't want to get into this, that's fine. You want to get into one of yours. In a couple minutes, that's fine. But uh, if you do have a take, I would be curious your kind of opinion on. Well, to summarize, it was, yours, yours is kind of idea. like young athlete entitlement. Was that kind of where you were going with that? To summarize, I think it's that. I think it's also just the idea of that everybody. You're not going to keep score. You want to make make sure every right. single person right. feels as though that, that they're the winner every single time. And well, that, in, that, in that instance. That's not realistic with, with the way life is. Well, uh, Brian, it's a beautiful thing, man. And and if you don't mind, I, I'll tell a quick story about my coaching experience. You know, we hadn't been to the state meet in, in over a decade since I, I'm an old man now, but when I was in high school, it had been a long time. My first year we were there, probably the best ta- team we had from a talent standpoint, but we were young. Uh, we weren't we weren't quite ready, so we didn't go to the state meet. It's hard to get to the state meet. Uh, our second year, we didn't have a fifth man, so we didn't make it. Uh, this third year, we had won the conference two years in a row, and I think you know our guys had overlooked it. There was a big rivalry Friday night game, you know, the night before conference. We were sluggish. We lost by a point in the tiebreaker to Gehanna, another local, you know, Columbus school that was hungry, and 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 it was an upset. Uh, and afterwards, our guys, we all kind of huddled together, and I just said, "You guys didn't want it enough. You know, they wanted more than you did, which is fine." And I said, "Let's be transparent, and let's be honest about what happened." Uh, you know, Gahanna wound up, you know, wound up winning district. 
Uh, and then at regional, we didn't run that well again, our, our back end. Uh, but when the results came out, we beat them by two points to, to take the last spot to go to regional. And when I was going back uh, to see our guys, because I was kind of, you know, I, 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 I was not even close to the uh, um, results there because I didn't think we made it. I think there was a chance. Um, so I, when I walked up to actually look at the results, PA announced that we had beaten Gehanna. I crossed their guys, and they were all crying because it hurts. I mean, this team had just won district. They had beaten us, and I pulled them aside as many as I could, and I said, you guys beat our butts the last couple of weeks, and you have nothing to be ashamed of. You should be nothing uh, but proud of the year you've had. And it was one of those moments where it was probably one of the worst days of their athletic lives. But I hope, you know, and I think as they go forward, they'll learn something from that, and they'll learn the beauty of this sport, which is that it's the pain and the suffering that makes the winning so good. And, and for us, on the other side, to, to lose OCC the way we lost, and then to be, you know, to watch them win district when we were third, to eventually be eighth in the state and be the number two team in Central Ohio when it was all said and done. Uh, we don't get there without the losing. And maybe Gehanna doesn't get to where they're about to go without the experience they've learned. It's all the same. And that, that and, and to kind of take what you said and go further with it, um, and I told, I told it the last time I talked to our guys, I said, listen, you know, Gehanna is not going to feel bad for you if, if we don't replace the great runners that have graduated. You know, uh, our rival, Pickering and North, they're not going to feel bad for you. Lancaster, the other area schools. I mean, I agree with you, Brian. I mean, in this era, nothing's given to you. And that's one thing in, in, in the careers that maybe we, we both chose and that people – I'm learning that young people don't want to take uh, – they don't want to pay their dues. Um, they, don't, they just want to start at a, at a good salary. They want to start at a good job. It doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you have to do the hard things to get you there. Uh, maybe it's this generation. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, losing is good sometimes as long as you learn from it. So uh, – Kind of, kind of made this like a, like a Sesame Street story here. <laughs> My apologies, but yeah, man, I, I dig what you're saying, man, and uh, I agree. You know, it's, uh, you know, every generation has to learn how to be successful. It can't be given to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and yeah, I, I, I pre- again just to echo your sentiments. I really appreciate everyone that that uh, we got some good comments. Uh, you know, I got some texts and some things that you know got a chance to. To mention the error, you know, some people I reached out and wanted to get their takes uh, on everything. So really, really appreciate it. I think we're just about ready to wrap up. So I think I'm going to wrap it up here, uh, Mr. Diardo. Great times tonight with sports pet peeves. You know, hey, especially, you know, post on, on either of our Facebook walls. Let us know. Is this something you want us to do again? Do you want us to do it next week? <laughs> do you want us to do it in the future? What are your thoughts? How did you th- feel about the show? Positives, negatives, remember, I, you know, we just gave this whole spiel, not spiel, Brian, spiel about, you know, winning versus losing. And, hey, I, I, I have thick skin. You have a problem with something I said or, or my voice or whatever. Uh, say it to us. And same with you. With you. you know, Brian, you feel, I'm sure feel the same way. We want to hear about it. We appreciate everyone that, that chimes in. Honestly, if three people listened, it wouldn't matter because we love doing this. We get to talk, have a great time. It's all good. Um, but hope everyone enjoyed themselves, and uh, I think that's pretty much that. We can actually keep it right at an hour uh, for Brian Diardo. I'm Brian Rosen, and the Diardo Show Sports and Sports Fan Pet Peeve Edition is over.